0: Wrapping up the farm system previews, it's the World Series champion Texas Rangers who, after winning the World Series, get to add Wyatt Langford to the lineup. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, Welcome on in to Locked On MOB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, award-winning baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Uh, so... Texas Rangers, 90-72, and and then World Series champions, congratulations. And not only are they returning like the entire position player group from that, but then they get to add full-time Evan Carter and possibly Wyatt Langford. And there's been a lot of conversation that I've seen across the internet about who should be the number one prospect in this system. Is it Evan Carter? Is it Wyatt Langford? Let's talk about it. Evan Carter... 2020 second rounder out of high school got called up late in the year last year after most, mostly a year in Double A Frisco, right? So in 97 games in Frisco, Evan Carter goes 284, 411, 451 with 12 home runs, 33 extra base hits, again in 97 games, like 460 plate appearances, 74 walks to 103 strikeouts and 22 of 32 on stolen bases. So what does he do when he gets called up? He gets like 23 games in the regular season. He bats 306. He goes into the postseason and starts off not being used very much and becomes a starter as they get deeper and deeper into the postseason. He bats 300 in the postseason as the Rangers go on to win the World Series championship. And a lot of places, it's either Evan Carter or Wyatt Langford. And the conversation on those two, to me... Feels like it is high floor versus high ceiling, right? Evan Carter is a very good pitch recognition, on-base, batting average guy who we have questions about where his power is going to end up, right? If you look at what he did last year, in the minors, 75% contact, 83% in-zone contact. That was actually a little bit lower than it had been the year before, although obviously He went up in levels. Chase rate was something like 19%. He's always been one of the best guys. The major league level, he chased like 9% of the time. Again, small sample size. We don't quite know exactly, exactly where he's going to end up with a larger sample in the majors, but he was able to keep that very elite pitch recognition at the next level in his first taste of major league action. His power clicked up a little bit his average exit velocity was 89 in that major league sample but again small sample size he's only 21 years old he's got room he's listed like 6'2 190 he's got time he's got room to add some muscle and so i think one evan carter already does a really good job of getting optimal contact uh out of his bat right he Great launch angles. The sweet spot percentage. If he had enough at-bats to qualify, he would have been towards the top of the leaderboards in all of the major leagues for sweet spot percentage. He's making optimal contact and getting the most out of his power. He's a really good base runner. He's a really good defender. He obviously can play center field. He does have work to do against left-handers. That's a common refrain that you will hear about Evan Carter is he struggles against lefties. Now... When you look at the overall numbers, I'm going to take his entire season last year. So minor leagues, major leagues, and everything. He had a 302 batting average against righties and a 242 against lefties. I do think it's correctable. His contact rate was still in the 70s, like like 71% against lefties, whereas it was 75 overall. And so I think at something with some more experience, Evan Carter won't be a liability against lefties. You're looking at a high floor on base and defense guy with questions about where the power is going to end up. That's who Evan Carter is, and so the safety in that profile leads a lot of places to have him as the number one prospect. I think Baseball America has him listed as the number one prospect, and I think MLB Pipeline does too. Uh, the number two prospect in the system, the other big guy here, Wyatt Langford. And I say big guy in this case, literally six one two twenty five. And just absolutely meteoric rise through the farm system last year after getting drafted. He got just around 200 plate appearances from rookie ball all the way up to AAA. Right, three sixty, four eighty, six seventy seven for Wyatt Langford. We talk about how dumb college slash lines are sometimes, and Wyatt Langford put up the equivalent of a college slash line in the minor leagues. Uh, 10 home runs, 29 extra base hits in 44 games, 36 walks to 34 strikeouts, and was 12 of 15 on stolen bases. A lot of the stuff that Wyatt Linkford did when he moved over to a wood bat makes you feel really good that he is a top prospect. And if they had to use him when Adelaus Garcia went down, he probably could have held his own, right? Contact rate. His overall contact rate, and again, it's 200 plate appearances, but it was around 81%, and zone contact was like 85%. His exit velocity was around 107 for his 90th percentile exit velocity. So the power's really good. He didn't chase a ton. He had good contact. Now again, small sample size. The questions here for Wyatt Langford is, one, where is he going to play? He's been primarily a left fielder, it's It feels pretty safe that he's going to be a left fielder at the major league level. So does Evan Carter beat Leoti Tavares for the center field job? Because Evan Carter was playing a lot of left field. Do uh, do they platoon those guys together? Feels like that may not be, be the best way to do it. And then I think the other question is, how soon is he going to play? Do you feel comfortable with 200 plate appearances... And then he makes the job, the team out of spring training. Or do you want him to go to AAA, get a little bit more experience, confirm that everything is good before you call him up? And obviously, impacting this is the rookie of the year race. Your three favorites for rookie of the year, Wyatt Langford at three plus eight hundred. Jackson Holliday at 2, plus 450, and Evan Carter at 1, plus 270. Do I think there's a way you can do this where Langford gets some DH time and some left field time, Carter gets some center field time, and then occasionally, depending on how he does against lefties, uh, sits down? I think there's a way to do this here. The question is, how confident are you in having both of these guys in the lineup right away? The third big really impressive prospect in this system, shortstop Sebastian Walcott. 2023 IFA got 3 million bucks and went DSL Rookie Ball High A in his first year. 246 335 471. 7 home runs, 24 extra base hits for Sebastian Walcott. 23 walks to 64 strikeouts, 12 to 18 on stolen bases. He did all this at age 17, right? The like, thing you have to keep in mind here is incredibly young, but despite that youth, absurd exit velocities. You commonly saw 105s all the way up to 110. And for a 17-year-old, that is absolutely nuts, right? You could also see the youth as Sebastian Walcott did his first year of professional baseball last year. He struck at about a 30% rate. It got worse. He spent most of his time at the complex level. It got worse at the complex level. His overall contact rate was like was a was about 69%. And so you can see that there's some growth needed from Sebastian Walcott, but you can see where the tools are, right? He played mostly shortstop or DH, 23 games at shortstop, 25 at DH. I don't know from a skill perspective and from a defensive perspective, or a skill perspective and a physical development perspective, if Sebastian Walcott's going to be able to stay at shortstop or not. Some people think he's going to have to move to third base. I think the arm is good enough to play third base. It's plus arm, above average speed. I think Baseball America in their 2027 lineup had him in right field, and so Curious as to where Sebastian Walcott ends up. I don't know if it'll be shortstop. He'll be one of the bigger shortstops from a not a height pers- perspective, per se, although he is 6'4". But given the frame that he has the potential to be one of the bigger shortstops from a physical perspective, right? So like, curious to see what happens there. Curious to see where he gets his assignment out of spring training the next year and what he does as far as contact rate and strikeout rate when he gets there. In just a minute, let's talk about guys you might see in 2024. There's some upper-level players that have been either stuck in AAA or floating between AAA and the majors. We'll talk about them next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The NFL's regular season is over, but the playoffs are still going on. And so this is your opportunity to get some bonus bets thanks to the NFL. Right now, new customers to FanDuel get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. You don't have to win the bet. You just have to place the bet. It's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. So go pick a random NFL playoff game Pick a random team if you want uh, and place a bet. You'll get 150 bucks in bonus bets that you can then use over on FanDuel at all of the MLB odds. We already mentioned Rookie of the Year, two Rangers in the top three of the odds as of time of recording, but there is other options when you go in here and you look at other things you could do. Corey Seager has the third best odds for American League MVP at plus 800. You've got that. Obviously, you have World Series odds. The fifth best odds go to the Texas Rangers at plus 1,100. Ahead of them is the Astros at plus 900. The disrespect is just blatant here. Yankees at plus 850. That's way too high for the Yankees. Braves at plus 550, Dodgers at plus 350. It's going to be really funny when the Dodgers don't win. Watch. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started with your 150 bucks in bonus bets today. Again, fanduel.com slash locked on to get started with Fanduel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, so looking at players in this minor league system who you're going to see at the major league level in 2024, there's a guy. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna make the joke that he's this team's version of Michael Bush, but Justin Foskey, 24 years old, not as old as Michael Bush, but another situation where he's an infielder that plays, you know, first, second, third, and is blocked at the major league level at all of his positions. So 2021st rounder out of Mississippi State, got 122 games last year, all in AAA. Right, could not get out of AAA. Because you had guys all across the diamond at the major league level. So in those 563 plate appearances for Justin Foscue, 266, 394, 468, 18 home runs, 53 extra base hits, 85 walks to 70 strikeouts, and 14 of 21 on stolen bases. And the thing to know here is Justin Foscue, to me, is one of those higher floor kind of guys. I don't think the power is necessarily mind blowing. I don't think the defense is necessarily mind blowing, but he's got experience at first, second, and third. Last year he had 70 games at second. They started moving him around. 35 at third, nine at first. He can play any of the bags in the infield. And then high is a high floor for the hit tool. I think the power ends up being average. So the contact rate for Justin Foscue, 82.3%. You love that in the zone just a hair under 91%. And it's not just, uh, it's not just uh, empty batting average, right? Or it's not just contact ability. It's also a good uh, batter's eye, 24% chase rate, right? Now the exit velocities, like I said, come out average, right? 87.4 is the average, 103.1 is the 90th percentile. Now he does seem like Evan Carter He does seem to get the most out of that contact. He's getting really good launch angles. Ideal contact, right? But he is still, I think, overall probably just average as far as power production is concerned. But he's a guy that can get on base. He's a guy that has enough speed to steal you 10 bags in a season. He can play again first, second, third. So high batting average, high on base. Not not the kind of guy that wins you a World Series. But the kind of guy that steps in if there's an injury, plays the position for two months, keeps the order going, and gets you through the season to get to the postseason to get to the World Series. You need guys like this. Big fan of Justin Foscue. I think his best role is in some sort of utility role versus just sticking him at second or first or third or whatever. A uh, couple pitchers here. Uh, two of them you've ha- have had some interesting... Recent years, and one of them I think could be a starter or could be a a major league piece in the bullpen tomorrow. Right-hand pitcher Emiliano Tioto got 18 games last year in high A. 14 of them were starts. Five and three with a four-five-two ERA in 61 and two-thirds innings. 84 strikeouts, 12.3 per nine to walks, 4.8 per nine, and 10 home runs allowed, so 1.5 per nine innings. July 16th, he made a really important change and he swapped from a four-seam fastball to a two-seam fastball. So more run to the arm side and it absolutely just changed things for him. So from July 16th on through the end of the season, 57 strikeouts to only 18 walks in 37 and two-thirds innings. He goes to the Arizona Fall League, three hits, three walks, 19 strikeouts. In 11 innings, all as a reliever, no runs allowed. Not even an unearned run. No runs allowed. A grand total of seven guys got on because he had one hit by pitch. And if you want to keep Teodo as a starter, he's going to take a while to get to the major leagues. He has, you've got command issues. You've got learning, getting this new two-seamer polished and comfortable. But if you make him into a reliever, he can be in your major league bullpen next year. He got some time in the Arizona Fault League again. 11 appearances in relief or 11 innings in relief. Uh, like I said, three hits. Very good in relief. If you decide to make him a reliever, he is a guy as soon as next year. If you keep him as a starter, it takes a little while longer. And then there's two pitchers, both starters, that you saw struggle last year, right? Hand pitcher Cole Wynn and right hand pitcher Owen White. So, White. Got 29 games in AAA, 13 of those were starts, 9-8 with a 7-2-2 ERA in 101 innings, 97 strikeouts to 79 walks, and 17 home runs. Second straight year, his ERA has gone up in AAA. Owen White got 25 games, 24 of those were starts, between A AA and AAA, 4-2-2 ERA, and a 4-5 record and record in 108-2 innings. 80 strikeouts, so like 6.6 per 9, 255 walks with 15 home runs. I'm not 100% sure what Texas does about either of these guys. I think Owen White is, I'm going to say, more fixable because a lot of Owen White's issues last year went back to the fastball on a velocity standpoint and on a movement standpoint really backed up from where it had been before. And... He had some hip issues. He had some shoulder issues. I think a lot of the command issues, as well as the hit ability of the fastball, are all related to the injuries. So you could see these guys, depending on health and effectiveness, you could see them this year. You could see them spend another year in AAA. Jack Leiter is going to spend another year in AAA. Uh, you will are going to spend another season in the minors, and this one in AAA. We've talked about him in the past. I'll try to link that right here if I can remember, uh, if you're on YouTube, so you can go watch it. But uh, this is a situation here. This team had to go out. That's why you had to trade for starters last year. And that's why you're you're still in a situation where none of your quality starters project to be available, or starting prospects, project to be available at the major league level next year. And so uh, still some work to be done in this system. It is still position player heavy. And a lot of your promising arms, like a Brock Porter, we'll get to him later. Jose Cornell, we'll get to him later. A lot of those guys are in the lower minors and can't help you for at least two seasons, if not longer. That's a hole in the Texas Rangers farm system right now is major league ready starting pitching. But in just a minute, let's talk about those lower level prospects. Again, quite a few position players, but a couple arms. We'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. Final segment of Locked and Emily Prospects here looking at the Texas Rangers farm system. Again, the World Series champion Texas Rangers. And a couple guys you have to know about from the lower minors. The first one, first baseman Abel Abelmech Ortiz, deserves to be discussed amongst some of the best first baseman and ba- uh, first base prospects in baseball. 109 games last year between high A and single A. 294, 371, 619. Another ridiculously stupid college baseball sounding slash line, right? 33 home runs, 57 extra base hits, 49 walks to 126 strikeouts, and one for two on stolen bases. He plays a little bit of right field. He got nine games in right field last year, but he is a first baseman. So defensively, speed, all of that kind of stuff, he's a first baseman, right? But. For such a young player, he's got a lot of really promising stuff under the hood, okay? So, one, the plate discipline is a little bit better than average. He had a 29% chase rate, but the contact ability is pretty good. Contact rate of 70%, zone contact of 78%. So you like that. And then the power to go along with it, obviously, 619 slugging, 33 home runs at that age. Very promising there. He's 21 years old. But average exit velocity of 90, 90th percentile of 106. So he can make good contact both in and out of the zone and when he hits it hard, right? Now, yes, the offensive baseline is a lot higher at first base than anywhere else. I think you have to have a 110 WRC plus just to be league average at first base. But I think Abelmec Ortiz is a guy that can do that. And so... From both a real-life perspective and a fantasy perspective, make Ortiz looks like he has the ability when he's finally ready for the majors to be a potential star because he can hit the ball and he can do it hard. Second baseman Akedri Vargas is another one of those international players that broke out, like Sebastian Walcott. And Vargas, 53 games between rookie ball and A ball. So 225 plate appearances or so, I believe. 317, 388, 568, right? 11 home runs, 27 extra base hits, 21 walks to 55 strikeouts, and 17 to 20 on stolen bases. I called him a second baseman. He's played all over the diamond. The arm is good enough to play some third. He got seven games there, but he's better suited for second base. 27 of his games were there. Also played 18 games at shortstop. Above average arm, you can move him around. He's best suited for second, but he could cover third and maybe short in a pinch, right? He's fine defensively. But he's also just fine when it comes to contact ability, chase. Everything's kind of average there. But the power for such a young player was pretty impressive. 18 years old and a 90th percentile exit velocity of 103.9. So if the power continues to grow... He feels like he could be a guy that has a utility profile, but one with which you can play almost every day. He could give you probably 20 home runs, and I think he's fast enough, as long as the speed doesn't back up, to give you uh, 20 stolen bases as well. And so, all of a sudden, you have a guy that could be very promising and very valuable in a utility role. I just don't necessarily think playing him at any specific position is the best use of a Kedri Vargas's skill set, simply because he's not going to be a value add at any defensive position in the infield. Uh, but at second or third, he's also not going to hurt you, right? A couple pitchers here you need to know about. Right-hand pitcher Brock Porter, right-hand pitcher Jose Cornell. Uh, could be Cornell. I don't actually know. So right pitcher Brock Porter, fourth rounder in 2022. This was the Kumar Rocker draft. Uh, 21 games in A-ball last year. 0-3, record doesn't matter. The lowest level of the minors, not important. 2.47 ERA, very nice season for him. 69 in the third innings, 95 strikeouts, so 12.3 per nine, 242 walks, 5.5 per nine, a single home run. It's fastball changeup. And then he was adjusting his his slider into a sweeper this year. So he there's a couple things that you have to work on because of one, like how much of it is the pitch mix, how much of it is just him inherently. So the fastball, mid-90s, really good up in the zone, did a really good job at missing, at fooling hitters in single A. How much of that is single A versus the pitch being good? We don't necessarily know, right? change up really very similar as far as tunnel arm speed release point it all matches really well and a lot of the movement is late on it so it's hard to get a barrel on the change up i mentioned he he was working to convert his slider into a sweeper it sits it's got a good foot and a half of movement but it sits in the same velocity band as the change up and Partly because of the youth and inexperience, partly because of changing the pitch mix, he threw under 60% strikes this year. So you want to see that tick up a little bit in 2024. He walk rate was, I mentioned it was, what was it, 5.5 per nine innings, like 14%. Obviously needs to come down. Your goal on that, I think would be a 10% walk rate as he moves up to a higher level of competition. And then his ability, like how many innings per start that he pitched. He averaged under four innings per start. And so another thing where you want to work to see if he can build up to more of a standard workload, right? Now, some of that is just going to be, he's a young guy, right? He's he first full season in professional baseball. It makes sense that you're going to be a little more conservative with him and you're going to have to build him up. I think a realistic goal is probably closer to 100 innings. And again, you're looking for a walk rate around 10%. Ideally, I think that strike percentage, if you could take it from 58 to 63 or so, I don't want to say a full 65%, but 63 I think that'd be a very useful adjustment there. Right hand pitcher Jose Corny got in 23 games, 17 starts between single A and high A. Eight and three. Record doesn't matter, but it's just interesting to hear you won eight games. Eight and three with a 2.92 ERA. In 101 and two-thirds innings, 119 strikeouts, so 10.5 per nine, to 31 walks, 2.7 per nine, 11 home runs allowed. So right at one home run per nine innings. He throws a lot of pitches. He's added some. He's changed some. And depending on when you saw him, you saw different things being thrown. His four-seam fastball sits around 95 or so. Good carry, a little bit of run to it. So you like that. The sweeper is really good as well. He added a two-seamer during the year. I've seen him throw a changeup. I've seen him throw a cutter. Somebody I was talking to about this raved about his curveball and I never saw the curveball. Throws a lot of pitches. Some of that's obviously a work in progress, but the good thing is he can throw them for strikes, right? He threw 67% strikes last year. He can throw a lot of strikes, obviously very important, and he's shown the ability to pick up new pitches in season and not hurt his strikeout ability. So uh, r- really curious to see what he settles on as an arsenal to open 2024. But think the ceiling's pretty high there. It's just obviously going to be probably high A to double A is your goal in 24. You're looking at a 26 debut here. Not going to help you next year, especially if Cole Winn and Owen White don't seem to figure it out. Uh, real quick, shortstop Cam Colley, 2021 third rounder and... The most talented infield defender in this system right uh power's good speed's good but you've got some issues here right the contact ability 65 percent. the zone contact only 74 percent. so he's going to continue to de- uh, developing and what you're really looking for is that contact ability to go up because again he's a very good very talented defender you just need him to be able to hit the ball I don't know if he'll ever be anything more than a number eight or number nine hitter, but he's got the power, he's got the speed to do that, to be a major league regular on the defense, the speed, the power, if he can hit enough. So really curious to see what happens in 24 with that. And then our dart throw, first baseman Blaine Krim, another guy blocked at the major league level, spent all season in AAA and absolutely raked 133 games batted 290, 385, 506, 22 home runs, 58 extra base hits, 71 walks to 107 strikeouts, one for one on stolen bases. The defense is fine, right? It's not, it's first base. It's first base only, but it's not bad defense, right? But one, contact rate, 78%. In zone, 85%. So for a slugger, a very good job at making contact. He pulls the ball very well and so despite the 90th percentile exit velocity being good but not great it's above average it's at 105.9 and an average of 91 he's getting optimal contact uh, pulling these balls getting tons of power production there he also does really well both against lefties and righties and yes you have first basemen in the system like abel meg ortiz and things like that but if you have a first base injury next year remember Blaine Krim because he is an option to come up. And I think he could do pretty well at the major league level as a fill-in at first base, depending on what happens with Carter and Langford in the DH spot. You may see them use Blaine Krim at DH a little bit, like you saw Luke and Baker of the Cardinals used at DH a bit last year because he was raking in AAA. If Blaine Krim keeps destroying baseballs in AAA this year, you've got to find a way to force him into the lineup And the first time one of Carter or Langford stumbles, especially if you have to send them down to the minors, Krim's a candidate to come up and get first base and DH run. Fantastic week this week. Next week, we're moving to the Central Division, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer.